Give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's just celebrate the presence of our Papa and Mama in the house. A good morning shout. A good morning clap. A good morning celebration. Somebody shout glory. Papa, we love you. We celebrate you. And we are so grateful that we are your children. You have fed us. And will continue to feed us. And we are ready to be fed this morning. Are you ready? Two hands above your head. Put them together. Let's receive our Papa, Dr. Abel Damena. Glory. Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Father, we rejoice this morning that we have this another opportunity to fellowship in the light of your world. And we thank you that your word comes to us with clarity. Your word comes to us with an intent to equip us to do the work of ministry. So clarity comes by the word. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer this morning. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Lift your right hands above your head. Let's release our faith together. So say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. It's 30 days of glory 2022. Glory! We well, want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all of our social media community, our brothers and sisters online. We're so glad to welcome all of you to the service this morning, guys. It's going to be an exciting study of God's Word. So help us share the videos, like the videos, you know, put them on as many groups as possible, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and just make sure you engage in the course of the service. Let's get the word around the world. We also want to welcome the radio audience to the service this morning. Whichever radio station you're hearing, the sound of my voice, I'd like you to call a friend, a loved one, a family member to hook up to this radio station. Life is flowing through the airwaves. We also want to welcome all of you that are connected in our various campuses around the world. What a joy to have all of you connected to the service this morning. Somebody shout glory! Are we excited to fellowship together in the word of his grace this morning? Can we celebrate our fellowship with a shout this morning? Glory! Amen! Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self. And if you have your phones also, grab your phones this morning. Let's get to work this morning. Let's get the word go around the world, even as we study the word together in the light of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Have you been enjoying these 30 days of glory? As we examine together the fruit of the Spirit. The emphasis of the Holy Spirit in salvation. And we are, we are measuring on the fruit of the Spirit. We have been examining the fruit of the Spirit or what we call walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 19. 
For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not ye and nay, but in him was ye. Next verse. For all the promises of God, in him are ye, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Next verse. Now, he which establisheth us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God. Next verse. Who also, who hath also sealed us, and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So we said Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the promises of God. Look at Romans chapter 15 verse 8 again. And see the way brother Paul communicates the same thoughts to the church in Rome. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Jesus is the minister for the truth of God. To confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises made to the fathers. Then we checked one of those promises made to the fathers in Ezekiel 36 verse number 26. Ezekiel 36, 26, the promise. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Next verse. And I will put my spirit within, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. Now, what did God promise to give? He promised to give a new spirit. He promised to give a new heart. When he says a new heart, that word a new heart is a new nature. A new nature. So he specifies what the heart is. So again, what is this new heart? It is a new spirit. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit. So the new heart is the new spirit that he puts within us. From where? He calls it my spirit. I will put within you my spirit. Not just spirit. My spirit. The word spirit, we have to understand what it means. It's taken from a Hebrew word, ruach, R-U-A-C-H, which is translated in the Greek as pneuma, P-N-U-E-M-A, pneuma. Now, both of them refer to wind or air. Sometimes the Hebrew uses that word for breath, ruach, pneuma, wind, air, or breath. When you have breath, wind, or air, it's referring to the unseen nature of the gift. The unseen nature. When we say the gift given to you is a spirit or breath or ruach or pneuma, it is a communication to specify that the gift is unseen or the person in, is unseen or the subject matter is unseen. When I say the spirit of God, I want you to see God in the invisible. When I say the spirit of God, what I'm, what I'm asking you to see is a God that is in the invisible. Invisible to the state of the eyes. So the word spirit is to explain that what I'm going to refer to 
cannot be seen with the naked eyes. What I'm talking about cannot be seen with the naked eyes. It doesn't mean he cannot be heard. It doesn't mean he cannot be felt. It simply means he cannot be seen. That's why it's called spirit. So when I say spirit, it's used in John chapter 3 verse 3. Look at the way Jesus communicated using the same thoughts to Nicodemus. John 3, 3. Verily, verily, or Jesus said and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Same chapter, verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, that is the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Next verse. Please pay attention. Next verse. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Next verse. Verse 7. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Next verse. He now explains. Next verse. Verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. And whither it goeth. The wind bloweth. Okay? The wind bloweth. You can't tell where it's coming from, and you can't tell whence it, where, whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. The wind. You don't see the wind, but you feel the wind, and you hear the sound of the wind. So he uses wind to describe Spirit, meaning an invisible reality. An invisible reality. So you hear the sound. So the word Spirit and the word when there are used to describe the invisible reality. Jesus said, you hear the sound. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going to. So basically, the word spirit is used for the unseen, not the unheard. The unseen, not the unheard. Please pay attention. You can feel, you can hear, but you cannot see. That's why we use the word pneuma or ruach, a spirit. It's used for God, you know. You can't see God in the naked eye. And the very first time man saw God, he didn't see God in his deity. He saw God in his humanity. He saw God in his humanity. John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh. Or the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Which word was made flesh? John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word was God. The word was God. And God became flesh. And the word, verse 14... And the word became flesh. And God became flesh. Or God was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So in that state we see God in his humanity. We see God in his humanity. Secondly, that word spirit is used for man. Elihu was talking in Job 32 verse 8. Job chapter 32 verse number 8. 
But there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the almighty giveth them understanding. Elihu was speaking. There is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the almighty, the ruach of God, gives them understanding. For example, when God created man in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So both the breath of life and the living soul are the unseen part of man. The breath of life and the living soul. God breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. So both the breath and the living soul are the unseen part of man. So which means that every man has an invisible part of him. If I see Pastor Matthew who is sitting right direct, direct opposite of me, I say that's Matthew. That's the picture I see. But I haven't seen Matthew. I see Pastor Matthew, but I haven't seen Matthew. What I see is the picture of Pastor Matthew. I have heard him. I have felt him. But I haven't really seen him. I haven't really seen him. Because what makes him him are his emotions and the way he thinks. That's what makes him him. His emotions and the way he thinks. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4, see the way brother Peter will explain it further. 1 Peter 3 verse 4, Peter says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great prize. The hidden man of the heart. Peter calls him the hidden man. So man is actually hidden in the body. Man is actually hidden in the body. When you see somebody, you are not really seeing him. Because the real man is hidden in the body. The hidden man of the heart. That's why when, when some people die... You can see the body, but you cannot see them. Are you following? When people die, when they are lying in state, you come and walk around, you see the whole body intact. All the hands are there, the eyes are there, the, the dentition is there, the legs are there, the skin is there. Everything is intact, but the man is not there. That's just a mass of dust. A mass of death. Going back to death. The real man must have left few weeks ago or few months ago. He left long ago. The real man is not there. So when I look at you, I'm not seeing you. Because you is hidden behind the flesh. Am I communicating at all? So Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart. That's the invisible reality of that man. So that means that body is not the man. That means all along what you were relating with, you never saw with your eyes. 
the person you were relating with, you never saw with your eyes. See. I've never seen my wife with my physical eyes. But I know her. I feel her. But I've never seen her with my physical eyes. But when this body drops, and this body drops, we will now see ourselves. Are we teaching here? The real man is invisible. The real man is not visible to the eyes. That's why people are deep. That's why you can be with somebody for 100 years and never know him. Except he chooses to reveal himself. That's why Peter will call him the hidden man of the heart. So which means what makes man man is not even seen. What makes man man is the soul and the spirit. That's the real man. How do you know someone is intelligent? You don't say I see intelligence. You say I hear and I know that this person is intelligent. From what I hear him say, from the way he communicates, and from the way he operates, I know he is intelligent. But some people looking real good, when you see their packaging, God gave them a very, is it God? Well, whatever. They have a beautiful body. But when they speak, you are embarrassed. When they speak, you apologize on their behalf. When they speak, you are ashamed for them. Then you see some people looking rickety like a retired kekenapep. But when they speak, professors sit down to take notes. You don't see intelligence with the eyes. But you know intelligence and you hear intelligence. Are we communicating? Yeah. <clears throat> Please pay attention. The soul is also called spirit. Sometimes in the Bible. So the unseen part of man is the soul and the spirit. Which is actually the real man. So also, you can't see demons. You can't see demons. That's why sometimes when you hear people saying, telling demons, stop there. Move. Don't move. Is ignorance. Is a lack of knowledge. You can't see demons because a demon is a spirit being. Demons cannot be seen. They can be heard. They can be felt. But demons don't fall down from the sky. Demons don't come out of the ocean. So the word spirit therefore will be used for unseen things or unseen realities. So when God said, I will put my spirit within you, that means the abilities that God has given to us to live right, to live right are not seen. 
our abilities are not seen. They are unseen. Our abilities are in the unseen part of life. Unseen abilities. Yet, even though they are unseen, they are effective. Even though the abilities are unseen, they are effective. So don't expect to receive or to contact who you are by the physical senses. Because it is of God. Since it is of God, you will locate God's ability in you by faith. Since it is of God, you will locate God's ability in you by faith. You will recognize and you will locate God's ability in you by faith. That means I will take God at his word. That means I will locate God's ability in me by faith. Are you still here? Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. How many of you have seen a new creature before? Huh? Huh? Nobody. You only know a new creature. You don't see a new creature. You only know a new creature. Next verse says, And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. What did Ezekiel say again? I will put my spirit where? Within you. That means, I have a new nature in me from God. I have a new nature in me from God. So the work of the spirit is unseen. But the work of the spirit is not unknown. The work of the spirit is unseen. But the work of the spirit is not unknown. God gave us everything before we believed the gospel. How many of you know that? That's the generosity of God. He gave us everything before we believe the gospel. He gave us righteousness. He gave us justification. He gave us his spirit. He gave us his nature. He gave us his abilities before we believe the gospel. When we believe the gospel, that is when we received what God gave long ago. When we believe the gospel, that is when we received so it's not a matter of God not giving. It's a matter of we not receiving because we have not heard. When we heard and believed, we took delivery of what God gave to us in Christ Jesus 2,000 years ago. Am I teaching good? So Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 12. Wherefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your, your own salvation with fear and trembling. He didn't say work for your own salvation. He said work out. You only work out what is already in. Work out your own salvation. He is giving an instruction. That's an instruction. Just like he says, forgive. 
He says, bless those that curse you. He says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Those are instructions given to a man who has been enabled. Who has been enabled. So, verse 12 of that Philippians is instruction. Now, look at verse 13. He now says in verse 13, For it is God which walketh in you, but to will and to do of his own good pleasure. The word for, for, also means because. For, because. So when I say because, I am about to refer to a condition. Because, because means this is the reason why he will do it. Because. So what is the why? In verse 13. Put it up for me again. Philippians. For it is God which walketh in you. That is the why. It is God because it is God. The walking out of your salvation is because it is God which walketh in you. But to will and to do of his own good pleasure. So can we say, listen carefully, because it is God which works in you both to, to will and to do of his good pleasure work out your salvation. Can we say that? That's exactly what he's saying. Because it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his own good pleasure work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So that means the instruction came because the ability has already been given. The instruction came because the ability has already been given. So the instruction did not come, then the ability came afterwards. No, the instruction came because there was already an ability. There was already a working of God. There was already an enablement of God, an empowerment of God within the believer. That's why Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27. Now, look at the way he applies it in the promise. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you abilities. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. So because of that, I will put my spirit within you. Once my spirit is within you, ability, I will cause you to walk in my statutes and my judgments. So ability first before instructions. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk. In other words, the ability to do comes before the instructions. Say with me very loud, I am what the word says I am. Can I hear you and let the radio audience hear you also? I have what the word says I have. I can do what the word says I can do. I didn't hear a powerful amen. That means there's no instruction that God gives that requires your extra effort. There's no instruction that God gives that requires your extra effort. That means every instruction that comes from God is a demand on the ability God gave to you. I repeat. It means every instruction that comes from God is a demand on the ability God has already given to you. 
If he says, husband, love your wives. Why did he tell husbands to love their wives? Because in that Ephesians chapter 5, where he says, husband, love your wives, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. So he already tells you, you are the handiwork of God. You are his workmanship, which is ability. So because you are his, uh, his, uh, he, you have his ability, husbands, in response, or based on that ability, there's a demand on that ability for you to love your wives. Even as Christ also loves the church. Unfortunately, Unbelievers even quote it in their marriages. Unbelievers quote it. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ. How can an unbeliever love his wife as Christ? By what spirit? That scripture is not for unbelievers. That scripture is for believers. So he gives the ability before the instructions. Remember also, in Ephesians 3.20, before Ephesians 5, where he says, husband, love your wives, he says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. So there is power at work in us. There is power at work. So he's not giving instructions to every husband. He is only giving instructions to the man in Christ. When he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Please, wives, always remember, he didn't say submit yourselves to men. He says submit yourselves unto your own. Your own. And men, don't go around trying to force every woman to submit to you. One woman submits to one man in her life. Not all men, not every man, not even your father should your wife submit to. Your wife submits to you, not your father. So stop trying to make your wife submit to your father. That's unbiblical. She has only one person to submit to, her husband. Not to her in-laws, to her husband, her own husband. Teaching good? Submit to your own husband. So when he says, wives, submit to your own husbands, it is because the woman is the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. So she has the ability of God by the nature of God in her to submit without grudge. Why? There is a working of God in her. According to the power that worketh in you. That's why the example he gives is the example of Christ and the church. You can't give that example to an unbeliever. So God's instructions, God's instructions come because God has already provided his ability. He has already provided what? 
his ability. That's why First John chapter 5 verse 3 will now say that God's commandments, First John 5 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not grievous because his commandments come with his ability. So when he says, work out your salvation, for it is God that worketh in you, but to will and to do his good pleasure. The word worketh there has two meanings. Number one, something that is always effective. Worketh. Something that is always effective. That's the first thing. The ability of God in the believer is always effective. The ability of God in the believer never goes on vacation. The ability of the God in the believer is always effective. Number two, that which has been accomplished. That's the meaning of work it. That which has been accomplished. So the ability of God in the believer has been accomplished or the ability of God in the believer is always effective. Whichever of them is the same thing. So he's saying every child of God has the ability to do the word of God. It's not give me grace to follow, abundant grace to follow. No, the grace has already been given. It's not a function of singing. It's not a function of prayer. It's not a function of fasting. The grace has been given in the DNA of the believer. When you see brethren who are exemplary, they are an example of who you are. Maybe you see a brother that is always straightforward and you admire it. You know? Or a sister that is always honest, straightforward. You admire her because you think you are not honest based on the circumstances around you. And you think you are not straightforward because of how you operate. So you are admiring that brother or that sister for being straightforward or honest. Okay? You, what you are admiring in them is in you. What you are admiring in them, you also have it. So, you, you don't need to admire because you have it. The only difference is that they have, they have given expression to their own, which now becomes an example for you, not a competition. They have become exemplary of who you ought to be because the same ability is in you. Do you understand? It's like I look at a, another man and I say, I wish I can be like a man. I'm already a man. Maybe the way he carried himself is different from the way I carry myself. But that doesn't make me less a man. If I also decide to carry myself like that, I will look exactly the way he's looking. I will have the same composure, the same you know, the same uh, boldness, the same confidence. You know, no matter how expensive your dress, if you lack confidence, it will look like, like Bendambuti. Number one dressing is self-confidence. If you don't have it, no dress can give it. That's the first thing. That is why no matter how well dressed you are, if the mirror tells you otherwise, 
you, you lose confidence in the dress. Eh? And there are some wicked mirrors. Mama mistakenly brought one to my room. Every time I dress it, I look, my head will be long. I will be trying to make the head not long, but the head will not change. And that's what I'm seeing. So I'll be feeling bad about my look. I will go and change the dress and wear another one. The head will still be long. So I said to mama, was that my mirror? I don't understand it. Mama started laughing. It's like she knew what she did. She just started laughing. She said, that mirror is a very wonderful mirror. I said, I stop that thing. So now I went to another mirror in the room and I saw myself normal. So that mirror does not exist as far as I'm concerned right now. And I don't know why we are lazy to remove the mirror, but at least we know that the mirror has a problem. There are some mirrors you look at, you are very fat. Have you seen that one? Why do they create such mirrors? And you know what? Once you lack confidence in your dressing, everything goes wrong. It even affects your emotions. You know what I'm talking about? Suddenly you start having a bad day. You know the human being is very complex. You start having a bad day and you're wondering what is it that you're having a bad day about. Just one little view of you you saw that was not pleasant affected all the chemical compositions in your body. Suddenly you are sad, you feel depressed, then you start taking it out on people. You start sharing the cake. Take your own. Take your own. Is it only for me alone? You too take your own for crossing this path. Take your own. Everybody will share in that small bad image that came from a mirror. Why are you laughing? You can identify, right? <laughs> I'm having a bad day. <laughs> you know. That's why God is patient with us. He's just patient. God will just say, leave these people. Just leave them. Just leave these human beings. They will get right. They will be okay. Praise God. I say, praise God. Now, please pay attention because I'm going into something very, very exciting. Now, the abnormality is when you lack the ability to recognize the example in that brother which you also are capable of becoming. That's the abnormality. It is normal for you to see and identify it. When you say a Christian do right, he is living out who he is. There's nothing extraordinary about it. Doing the word is our normal life. Because we are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. So rather than pray about it, Philemon 1.6 says that the communication of your faith becomes effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you because you are in Christ. The word acknowledge means to recognize every good thing that is in you. So first and foremost, you must recognize what God has deposited in you. 
I mean, just imagine somebody looks at you and says, I am going to make your life miserable. I am going to make your life a living hell. Well, good doesn't do evil. So, rather than pray judgmental prayers for that person, recognize the good things in you. Rather than make that person your target, your enemy, and begin to focus all your energy on him. Are you following? Because the natural thing is, once somebody says, I'm going to make your life miserable, I'm going to make you a living hell, the natural thing, what that calls for is focus. Now you are tempted to focus on him. Remember, wherever you focus your camera on, it will capture the image. So when you focus on that man that wants to make your life a living hell, you start discharging negative energy. Once you start discharging negative energy, you discover you are getting weaker because that's not your environment. That's not your ability. You discover that suddenly you are no more doing the things that are necessary. You are now wasting energy, wasting time on what does not really matter. And if you are not careful, you can be in it for the next three, four, five months of your life. Because what that person wants is that attention. That attention to distract you from focusing on something that is more beneficial, something that is more useful. Actually waste your time. So that's why God now says, when they bring that evil vibe to you, bless them. Because for you to bless somebody that is bringing evil means you didn't focus on him. You focused on blessing. He's bringing evil. Your focus, your focus is not evil. Your focus is good. And because you are focusing on good, good overcomes evil. After a while, you wear him out. While you remain productively doing good. Am I talking to somebody here? But the devil wants you to focus on the person. So you start judgmental prayer. Fall and die. Fall and die. Be roasted. Be roasted. It will never be better for you. Fire. Fire. Thunder. Brimstones. Thunder. Brimstones. Then your mind begins to calculate what other actions you can take to frustrate the person. So now you are distracted. You have left. You have left your lane in life. You have entered a lane that you are not equipped for, a lane that you don't belong to. So that's why the Bible says, do not be overcome by evil. How do you get overcome by evil? By focusing on it. But overcome evil by focusing on good and by transacting good to that evil. Are we in the building? And he asks you to do it because you have the ability to do so. Say, I have the ability to do good. Say it again, I have the ability to do good. Say it again, I have the ability to focus on the goodness of God. I didn't hear a powerful amen. Then, when you recognize 
the good things in you in spite of what the devil is putting out against you, then the participation of your faith becomes effectual. It becomes effectual. If you notice all the Pauline prayers, there were no churches Paul pastored that didn't have difficult cases. There was never a time Paul pastored any church where believers are gathered that didn't have issues like we have today. It's always been. Even Jesus' church had issues. Humans will always have issues. That is why the rapture has not happened. Are we teaching? Now, in the church in Corinth, in the church at Ephesus, in the church at Colossae, different sets of people in those churches. And Paul will say, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom that is revelation in the knowledge of him. In the knowledge of him. Put it up for me. Verse 17 of Ephesians 1. So we can see it together. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The father of glory. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him. Next verse. The eyes of your understanding. Being enlightened. Why? That you may know. What is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Next verse. And the, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Next verse. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Next verse. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Next verse. And had put all things. Who is on that computer? Next verse. And had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Next verse. Which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That was the prayer he was praying. He was not praying for sin to be broken. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. The believer is not in chains. The believer is not in chains. The believer is free from chains. Yes, he may have, he may have problems with the renewing of his mind which reflects in certain activities that are ungodly doesn't mean he's in chains Paul didn't pray for this church in Ephesus in spite of their their, their, their you know their their 
failures and mistakes. He didn't pray for them to be free from chains, free from bondage. No, he prayed for them that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they be flooded with light, that they will know the hope of their calling, that they will know the riches of his inheritance, that they will know the exceeding greatness of his power towards them who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. In that chapter 3 of the same Ephesians 3.14, he continues the prayer for the church at Ephesus. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, next verse, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, next verse, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, next verse, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, next verse, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know, next verse, to know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ. Which passeth knowledge. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Maximum load. That you may be filled with the maximum load of God. Now unto him. Which is able to do. So after praying all the prayer. He now said all the things I have prayed for from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. It is him that is able to do. But he has already done it because of the ability, the power that worketh in us. So I'm not praying a prayer that will not be answered. I'm praying a prayer that has been answered. I'm only steering you up so that that which has been done inside can come to the fore. There is a mighty working of God on the inside of the believer. He's not going to bring it from above. He's not going to bring it from outside. He's going to, the whole prayer will be answered by the activating of the ability that is already in your inside. Glory to God. According to the power that worketh in you, there is a working of God's power. There is a working of God's power in the believer. The believer is not a weakling. The believer does not have a defect. The believer has the working of God's power. There is the exceeding greatness of his power. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. That same power resides in the believer. The believer is not power deficient. The believer has all the power that resides in God on his inside. So the prayers that you may know. That you may know. Glory to God. That you may know. That you may know. He wasn't praying for sins to be broken. It has been done. He was praying for their eyes to be open. You don't need an extra prayer to walk in love. God's love has been shed abroad in your heart. Just walk in it. All of God's love has been shed abroad in your heart. You only need prayer for you to see your nature as the love of God. 
You don't need to have it. You just need to see it. The prayer is for you to recognize. The prayer is for you to acknowledge. Paul never prayed a deliverance prayer for anybody. No deliverance. People that were having bad habits, bad conducts and addictions in all the churches. He didn't pray for them to be delivered. He prayed for them to know. Paul's prayers of deliverance are for us to be free from wicked and unreasonable men. Delivered from harm. Delivered from human hurt. Delivered from orchestrations of wicked men. Delivered from the, the, the planning of, of, of unreasonable people. Delivered from the, the calculations, the orchestrations, and the, and the, and the conspiracy of wicked, evil men. Those are the people Paul prayed for you to be delivered from. But when it comes to bad habits, he didn't pray for deliverance. He prayed that you may know that you are bigger than that habit. That you may know that you have ability to overcome that habit without extra effort. That cigarette you are smoking, you have the ability to drop it right now and never go back to it. That ability is inside you. That ability is in the believer. The believer has ability to say no and to say yes. Teaching good. So there are two reasons a Christian can live and walk in the flesh. Number one, ignorance of the world. I mean of the world. Ignorance of the world. Number two, Willful refusal to act on the word of God. Those are the two reasons why a brother or a sister is still struggling with habits, with bad manners, with sinful acts. Number one, ignorance of the word. Number two, a refusal to act on the word. A refusal to act on the word. We mentioned something the other day. If there's someone with sinful habits... Someone who is into drugs. Someone that has issues with immorality. Or anger. Or malice. Does he have the spirit of anger? Or does he have the spirit of immorality? No. He is born again. That brother or sister has the Holy Spirit. A brother or sister with the Holy Spirit cannot have a spirit of anger. Cannot have a spirit of immorality. If you have the spirit of anger, then you are not born again. If you have the spirit of immorality, then you are not born again. God has not given to us the spirit of fear, the spirit of bondage again to fear. He has given to us the spirit of adoption, which means if you have adoption, you don't have bondage. If you have fear, then you don't have the spirit of God. Because two of them cannot live in the same body. That's why a brother that is struggling with immorality, with anger, with strife, with bitterness, doesn't need deliverance. He needs to acknowledge that he's bigger than that. And act on God's word. And all of that will clear like it never existed.
Now, can a, a demon influence a Christian's habit? Yes. A demon can influence a Christian's habit, but it will take the Christian's cooperation. A demon will not just influence your habits, except you give the demon your cooperation. Because Satan does not act without human cooperation. Demons don't act without human cooperation. Those of us who minister to people with insanity. Look at me everybody. Those of us who minister to people with insanity. You know. You remember how many weeks ago? Three, four weeks ago. The brother that his family brought here. Who left the family for how many years? Nine years or something. Left his home for nine years. And went insane. Nobody knew where he was. He just went mad. Walking on the road. Eating from the dustbin. Sleeping naked on the road. Mad. And our Bible school students went out and evangelism. And saw him and grabbed him. Flush out those stupid spirits from him. Prayed for him. He gained sanity. Brought him to Bible school hostel. Bathed him. Cleaned his hair. Packaged him together. Kept him with them for a few days. Brought him with them to service. After a few days, the guy was normal. Took him, handed him over to his family. After one year, the family came with him here to do Thanksgiving. Mad, mad man on the road. The Bible school students are not reverend doctors. They are just students who discovered their authority in God's word. Went out and began to, began to exercise their authority. You know, in this church, we don't have superheroes. All of us are heroes. This sign shall follow. It's not for special. It's for every one of you. My responsibility is to show you who you are so you can walk in that reality. Now, I've gone to a psychiatric hospital and emptied the hospital. The next time I was coming back, they refused me entrance in Port Harcourt. The entire psychiatric patients were healed. Cleared up the whole place. In Port Harcourt. The next time they brought in new patients, we were going again. They said, no, no, no. You, you dismissed our customers the last time. You made us jobless for some time. We are not coming into this place. They refuse us entrance. Now, what took me to that story is, those of us who minister to people with insanity, if you observe, every time you minister, those people actually allow the demons. There's a level of cooperation. Those people with insanity accord the demons. For the demons to keep them in that condition. There's a level of cooperation. Because some of them, when the hospital gives them the medication to help them sleep, they throw it away. When they give them the medication to take to help them normalize, they throw it away. That's cooperation. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the doctor tells you, you are sick. In order for you to be healed, take this medication. When the doctor leaves, you ignore the medication. What are you doing? You are giving cooperation to the sickness. You are agreeing with the sickness to carry out its full ministry in your body. 
It's called pressure. Sometimes you meet people who are insane and you want to pray for them. They tell you, no, leave me alone. I don't want prayer. Somebody say, is it not the demon talking through them? No, they are the ones talking. There's an element of human will that even God cannot override. If God cannot override the will of man, who is Satan? Who are demons? There's human will. So if a man chooses to cooperate with demons, there's nothing you can do about it. That's why God cannot force people to be saved. He can't force them. He will lavish his goodness. He will bring his word. He will send preachers to preach. He will be patient and long-suffering. But if people choose not, he will have to honor their choice. He will have to respect their choice. And let them arrive at the destination of their choice. And enjoy the resultant effect of their choice. Because God is love. And love does not insist on his own. It's only witchcraft that insists on his own. Not the love of God. So there's no way a demon can control people's actions. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. I mean, there was no sin before. It entered. The Greek word, esokomai. It means a foreign object that did not exist. Was introduced into the world. And death by sin. And so, death passed upon all men for that. All have sinned. It came inside means man allowed sin. So sin came into the world by man's permission. Which means therefore that sin is always allowed. Sin does not force itself. It has to be allowed. The Bible lets us know for instance in Genesis chapter 3 that Satan beguiled Eve. Look at it in 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2 and 3. <clears throat> from jealous from jealous over you with godly jealousy for I have exposed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Verse 3. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Why will Satan use subtlety? Why doesn't Satan use force? The subtlety is to cut your cooperation. He can't force you. So he will have to cut your cooperation. He will have to appeal to you to give him consent. Because Satan cannot control a man without the man's cooperation. In John 8.44, look at the way Jesus says, spoke about the devil. John 8.44, you are of your father the devil, and the loss of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He was a liar from Genesis. So he lied, he lured, 
he beguiled, he deceived Eve. So there's no way Satan will do anything anywhere without man's cooperation. That is why it is called disobedience. For by one man's disobedience. Why it's called disobedience is because it's something you do as an act of your will. That's why it is called disobedience. Before you got born again, something that never changes. Before you got born again, and after you got born again, is the exercise of your will. It never changes. Before you got born again, and after you got born again, the exercise of your will never changes. That's why instructions we are still giving after you got born again. Because now that you are born again, you are supposed to do the world. You are supposed to do the world. So you will remain with you. I mean, your, your will remains with you before and after your salvation. So the question again, can a demon influence a believer's conduct? Yes, but with his own cooperation. Look at James chapter 1 verse 13. James chapter 1 verse 13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot, God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. Next verse. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own loss and enticed. He didn't say every man is tempted when Satan overpowers him. He didn't say every man is tempted when the demons are too much for him. Uh -uh. No demon, no Satan. Every man is tempted of his own loss. The word loss is the word desire. So stop blaming Satan. The fact that you are tempted means your will is involved. God doesn't even tease you or appeal to you to sin. God cannot. God cannot. God cannot. Lost desire. So usually, sin is a product of what you want. So be careful what you want. Take time, look at the things you want and make sure there's none of them that becomes a sinner to your soul. A demon can influence you by appealing to you. But a demon is not responsible for your sinful behavior. He can appeal to you, but ultimately, you make the choice. You make the decision. You are responsible for sinful behavior. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 as I begin to round off this service. Are you blessed? And you are the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Next verse. Wherein in time past you walked according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. 
Paul is talking about the man that is not born again. That man, there is a spirit in him that makes him disobedient to the word of God. Verse 3. See human will now. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past. In the lust of our flesh. We were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Our will. And we are by nature the children of wrath even as others. So you can see human will involved. You can see human cooperation. You can see human decision and human action. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. Please, this is very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Next verse. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds. Of them which believe not. So the God of this world cannot function without the minds. Without the minds. When an unbeliever hears the gospel, he does not automatically get born again. He will have to make up his mind to receive. Hearing the gospel is not automatic salvation. The man will have to receive the message and accept it. If a man hears the gospel and say, I don't want, he is not saved. So the God of this world engages the will of a man, which is man's cooperation, man's decision, and man's action. So there's always a human cooperation. Look at Ephesians 4, 27. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. That word give place to the devil is the word give no foothold. Give no foothold to the devil. Foothold place was used in Bible days to cover territory by soldiers. That is, don't allow someone to come into your territory that cannot be accounted for. Seal up your borders. Neither give place to the devil. Seal up your borders. So he's saying, check every desire. Check every information that comes to you. Don't be careless. Be sober. Be vigilant. When you check the information and you check your desire... You are putting a check on the devil. To put on a check on the devil, you have to check the information and put your desires on that check. Put your desires on that check. If you don't put your desires on that check, you'll be surprised at how much the devil can utilize your desires. Put your desires on that check. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Brother Paul talks about carnal people in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Are you not carnal and walk as mere men? Mere men? Because they were acting like unbelievers. He didn't put any blame on Satan. 
He didn't even talk about Satan. He said, whereas there is confusion and division among you, are you not carnal? You are walking as men. He didn't say, are you not demonized? Are you not under satanic influence? Is it not because demons have arrested you? No. Is it not because you are carnal and you are walking as mere men? So there's no Satan to blame. There's no demon to blame. You are doing what you are doing as an act of your will. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul's now, Paul now tells them over and over again. He talks to them about immorality. He talks to them about fornication. He talks about, to them about having sex with an halot. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And I close on that note. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. Look at verse 19. What? Know ye not? So you that is committing fornication, you that is in immorality, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Next verse. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God an act of your will glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God which means the reason why the brother or the sister is engaging in all those useless behaviors is a lack of knowledge or a lack of acknowledging or a refusal to act on the word of God it's not Satan Paul didn't say I bind every spirit of fornication. I bind every spirit of immorality. He said, what? Know ye not? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Acknowledge. You are bought with a price. Acknowledge. You have been paid for. So that now deliberately glorify God in your spirit and in your body which are God's. Know ye not? So number one, know ye not. Number two, glorify God. An act of your will. He didn't say, I bind that spirit. I cast out that demon. Mm -mm. Know ye not. Then when you know, glorify God. An act of your will. That is walking the spirit. Glory to God. The more you stay with the world, the more sanctified you become. The more you stay with the world, the more empowered your will to do right is. You didn't hear that. The more empowered your will to do right is. Because the enablement inside you suddenly comes alive. And your mind is energized. To do right. Glorify God. In your spirit. And in your body. Which are God's. Satwala Dabaya. Teaching good this morning. Say with me I do the word. Say I do the word of God. Naturally. Say the word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. 
I didn't get a powerful amen. Stand on your feet this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. I say glory to God. I just feel like going and going and going and going. So may I do the word. Naturally. I do not struggle. To do the word. In the name of Jesus. I am strengthened. With might. By the spirit. In my inner man. Say it again. I am strengthened. With might. By the spirit. In my inner man. Say it again. I am strengthened. With might. By the spirit. In my inner man. Now I'd like you to grab somebody wherever you are. You can go to the back. Grab somebody around you. Let's pray together for one another. For another one, two minutes. Let's just pray together for one another. Energized by the spirit. Empowered by the spirit. Steered up by the spirit. We walk the word. We walk in the word. We act on the word. We do the word naturally. Lebron da zokra takle de boro du zabandele de babash. Egle de brona gangle de boro sudala manenge geyadash. Let's pray together for one another. Receive inward strength. Be built with might. Be energized by the spirit. Be energized by the spirit. Lebro da zokara da gibalana manangele de boja kele de babra. Rekotobe rigadengele ne mozobira na mananes. Let's pray together for one another. Ola bora kutala na mamre gedega lida bababara katula kalida bababaya nagadas. Go ahead, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. babaras. Strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man. Christ dwells in your heart by faith. You're rooted and grounded in love. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Lift those hands and begin to give him praise for his ability at work in you. Begin to give him praise for his ability at work in you. Begin to give him praise for his ability at work in you. Ale boroko sukalada babra na mondolo da boja kalene mondala da bayadas. Praise you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your the revelation of your word growing big in our understanding. Veils fall off, clarity comes. Your word is alive in us. We walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. We are fruitful unto every good work. We walk in the spirit. We live in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. I decree that barriers and obstacles are terminated. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you for the blessing this morning. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Glory! Let's celebrate the word of God for a few seconds this morning. Glory, 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 glory. Whoa! Hallelujah. Amen. Grab your honor offerings. Every time we teach the word, we give you the opportunity to honor the word of God with your givings. 
We give in faith. We give with joy. Number one, we give to honor the world. We give to honor the world. We are responsible people. We honor the word of God responsibly. We honor the word of God and we are a people who do the word. Online, the banking details are scrolling on television and on radio. Mr. Michael Bush will read the bank accounts for you. But I'd like you to lift up your offerings in the campuses. We're all giving this morning to honor the risen Lord. Lift up your offerings. Father, we give in faith. We give with joy. And we thank you for the privilege to honor the world. And we ask that our offerings are a sweet smell today. And through our givings, the gospel continues to advance around the nations of the earth. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer sees a powerful amen. All right, we're not signing you off. We'll join Ask the Counselor in another five minutes or so. And then we want to just make sure that everybody is able to give. So anywhere on the pulpit, drop your offerings. The banking leaders are on the screen. Make sure you honor the word as we give this morning. Hit the music. Let's do it as we worship the risen Lord. Hallelujah.
kingdom investments and your worship offering for this service. Hallelujah. Please get your get yours out. And as you come out, kingdom investment goes into the basket and the worship offering right here. Lift it up and give God thanks. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. We are always happy to have the privilege to give once and again towards the necessity of preaching the gospel. And we thank you because our offerings come to you an acceptable one. And we thank you for the blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Counselor is up next. Account name Power City International. There are two banks. Zenith is 10 12 36 59 12. 10 12 36 59 12. That's for Zenith. Account name Power City International. It's the same account name for UBA 139 26 465. 
139-26465. You want to send us an email or two just with a view to appearing on the segment or in the segment or whatever. Uh, you, what you need to do is just send that quickly or those quickly to askthecounselornow at gmail.com. For sponsorship, for partnership, and for support, you know, to keep the program on the air, just call our program hotline, plus 234. Otherwise, if you're calling from Nigeria, remember, it's simply 0803 or you send an email or two to Dr. Ebel Damina at yahoo.com. It's another day in continuation of 30 Days of Glory 2022, and we are out here just waiting for the big man himself, uh, spiritual father, Global Baba, to be on set. As soon as he does that, I'll bring him to you. My name is Michael Bush. I'm the anchor. My producer is Pastor I.J. Quere, and we work with a fantastic crop of young people as the production team. The man, the big man, is on set. Help me welcome Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Global Baba. Morning. So nice to see you. It's a good day to be alive. I Absolutely, wow. Global Baba. Wow. We just wow. take a ritualistic open prayer, uh, opening prayer and get uh, on the road. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for grace and mercy and we thank you for Jesus and all he has made available to us. Thank you that we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we pray right now for Nigeria. We pray for Kwaibom. We pray for the rest of the world. That continually the word of the Lord continues to find free course and is glorified among the nations, even as it is with us. We pray for our governments that, Lord, supernaturally, you enable our leaders to continue to create enabling environments for the gospel to thrive in this nation and other nations of the world. And we stop the devil in manoeuvres; he will not overrun our cities. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that this light continues to shine. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, Global Bar, I have so many entries in my hands, but because of time and lack of it, I'll just see how we can touch at least two continents of the world and about three, four countries in the process. We spent the last time we're here live, we spent the night or nights in America, the United States of America, so we're going to kick off there from Global Baba from Los Angeles. This one writes, thank you for allowing God to use you in this magnitude, bringing light and clarity to the scriptures. Can you please explain to me the meaning of according to, according as he had chosen us? Did God only choose believers and not unbelievers? If so, how does this reconcile with John 3.16? And two, from Matthews 5.3, who are the poor in the spirit? Thank you, Global Baba, from L.A. Well, chosen, the chosen one is Christ. According as he has chosen us in Christ. So Christ is the chosen one. Which means, therefore, anyone who receives Christ becomes chosen. You are not chosen before you receive Christ. Christ is the chosen one. But when you receive the chosen one, you become chosen. That's the way it is. It's not like God has chosen some people. The chosen one is Christ. But when you receive Christ, the chosen one, you are now chosen in him. You are chosen in Christ. So Christ is the chosen one. Now, um... Uh, blessed are the poor is just talking about a humble, you know, a, meek, a, a humble spirit that is seeking to know God more. Okay, so Global Baba from America, from the United States of America, we're flying straight to Victor International Airport right here in Uyo, Akwaibom State, where we're broadcasting from. 
this one, please, Lobobaba, I had a strong and successful relationship with a woman I wanted to marry. But after she came back from baptism at a new church, he gives the name of the church, but we're not going to put that out. She broke up with me that our pastor gives the name of the pastor, but we're not going to put that him out as well. Says it's a sin for a lady to date a man and have any relationship with a man that they will fornicate and commit adultery, which will make us not to be raptured. She gave me Romans 6 and Galatians 5.19, and I cried. And um, she now sees me as a bad sinner, but when I listen to your message on how to, or I now see myself as a bad sinner, but when I, I, I listen to your message on how to walk in the Holy Spirit, what, um, um, I think that should be walk in the Spirit. I now see that I'm free from sin and law. I'm confused with what and how I understand these Bible verses. Robert, please help me. Yeah, I mean, if you're born again, you're walking in the Spirit. And uh, if you follow the things we've been teaching these 30 days of glory, it will help you know how to conduct yourself, how to live out your life, and how to live out the victory that is yours in Christ Jesus. So my advice, keep following these teachings. And don't get stuck in the past. She's already moved on. She has left you. Clean up. Put yourself together. Move on also. Walk in the plan and the purpose of God. Eventually, you will find somebody else that you can get married to that together you can serve the purpose of God together with. Okay, still from Uyo, this last one. Global about Galatians 5.19, is it just about this, my physical flesh? Or what, please, can you explain? Because uh, once the whole flesh was dead, if you are born again, so which one is Galatians talking about? And can sex or expressing emotional feelings to the only man or a woman you have plans and or have agreed to marry? Uh, would the fear of God be called adultery or fornication? Please help your boy, Savior, in Uyo. But again, remember the work of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5 is not the work of the body. The body is different from the flesh. And um, that's why we encourage you to keep following. So you don't make us keep teaching and teaching what we have thought that you should have followed and learned. It's your responsibility to follow what we teach. It is our responsibility to teach you what we ought to teach. But when you fail to follow, then we don't even know where to start from because already we have done like like, uh, close to 15, 16 days of teaching, hours upon hours. Where do we start from? So my advice, go and get the series on, um, on, of, on the fruit of the Spirit. Sit down and listen to everything. Then you will understand that flesh is not flesh, even though flesh is flesh. Then the continental. So flesh is not flesh, even, even though, though flesh, flesh is, is flesh. flesh. That looks too academic, global barber. They have to, you have to write notes upon notes and upon notes to arrive at that. But it's, it's clear for those yeah, that well, understand. That, that's how to learn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we move to next door, River State, Nigeria still. Hello, global barber. I have a brother who is our first son. He lives in Portacot here. He was going on fine, but later we realized he started behaving funny. He now steals things from even his family. And I- lost his jobs based on this attitude. I'm so sad and depressed. My brother even steals her things. He needs your prayers too, but I just 38 years old. I've been praying for him because they all started off a sudden. We're not physically rich, and he would have been the one to even assist the family after God blessed him with a good job. But now, he lost the job after many controversial issues. Your word from Christ has really saved and made me to work in God's glory, so I believe that you would help my brother. 
All right, we'll pray for your brother at the end of the broadcast. And another thing you can do to help your brother, encourage him to follow our teachings on radio steadily. He should follow them religiously. It is only the word of God that has the ability to empower a man to live above sea. Okay, Global Bible is actually going to go to the southeast and southwestern parts of Nigeria. But because of time and lack of it, let me just fly straight. Uh, in fact, I was also going to go to Cameroon, my most preferred country in Africa. But let Let's just beat all of that and go to Kenya. Because dear Global Baba, I thank God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ for you and your labor in equipping believers all over the world. May God always reward you personally. Your teachings and sermons are demolishing the atheism I had towards God in me. The wrong teachings and religious traditions that held me bound for years are crumbling. May God strengthen you and increase his wisdom and understanding in you as you impart and liberate many in the body of Christ who are still bound in wrong concepts and dogmas about who they are or who we are in Christ, including, he writes, me. However, please, sir, I need some answers, insight, direction, or sound advice on these seven matters below. One, Global Baba, immediately after my wife's demise in 2019, the in-laws and I were embroiled in court battle over my underaged children's custody. and succession of the property we acquired with my being bare fruits. There is fear and anxiety that, that most succession cases in Kenya take years to be concluded. Yet, I need quick justice for my two children and me. This has really taken a toll on me spiritually, financially, and psychologically, Guru Baba. I sold my only car at a loss to help me pay the debts, the lawyer, and my upkeep. The money got finished, especially during COVID-19, when business shut down. I'm now working, and whenever I see the same model, of car I sold on the road, I will feel bad about my former decisions. My self-esteem lowers as I start regretting and mourning my, left, my late wife's unfortunate death. I'm still praying and fasting, but also wondering if I'm doing it right for God to grant me quick justice through our court proceedings to recover all that belongs to me. I've been feeling depressed sometimes as the answer looks like a mirage. I desperately need it as debts and needs plus my heavy heart. Well, I think the first thing you should do is um, see if you can take some elderly people in your family, maybe the, the family of your wife, your late wife. Sit down and broker peace. Look at a middle ground where both of you can be terminate all the court cases and put an end to all the frustration. That's what to do. Okay. Sharp, sharp. <clears throat> so he has a second question, and as well as he has a battery of questions, there are about seven of them. I'm trying to see whether I can accommodate all. Because ultimately, what yeah. you want is the welfare of those children. children and so whether they grow yeah. up with the parents yeah. or the family yeah. or they grow up with you, the important thing is that they grow well. So why the battle is is uncalled for? Absolutely, it's uncalled for. So look for middle ground quickly. Terminate the court cases. Put an end to endless bills that are useless. Mm. And see how you can work around these parameters. And, and global by is just perfect. You know, most of these things that men, most, most of these crosses we carry is just ego. It's uncalled for. Just ego. Just it's to prove uncalled. that. I mean, Fully uncalled for. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, global by, we'll see whether we can just take one more purpose in this world so that one doesn't just exist and exist in pain. 
Well, you have one purpose to live for, and that's Christ. Live for Christ, preach the gospel, raise people, be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Then, for you to live a fulfilling life on earth, apart from that, you know, career. Discover what career, discover what abilities are in you in the natural, and engage them in providing services for humanity. That's what you do. Okay, so that, that question was actually just exist and exit in vain. Okay. So question three, and by the way, my producer has just said we can take five minutes and round off the program and round off this entry. How can we be disciples, especially those in employments that are, don't allow uh, flexible times so as to follow and attend your scheduled meetings and sound doctrine? Well, again, you need to just get involved with what we do. Uh, we can assign somebody to disciple you and, and work with your According to your schedule, we can arrange that. So the rest of them in Kenya, they will see how to help you. Okay, but the entry gets really, really interesting right now. Question four, is there a protocol, Global Baba, to get results or answers to our petitions from God, especially when we gather as believers or there are norms copied from other faiths? What I mean, for example, Global Baba, we start press songs that we sing at a fast pace, then we dance and shout, then worship songs, we sing at slow pace, then pray standing or kneeling. Then we invite the preacher. Then the preacher prays for those in need. Then we give offering, announcements. We say benediction and then go home. Does it matter to our God, Global Baba, how we conduct our services? Well, it doesn't matter, but every church has a custom. Every church has a custom. And if you belong to a church, submit yourself to the custom of that church. And what I mean by custom is simply how the service is conducted. When we open in prayer, what we do in our church here, we don't have all those much protocol. The greatest percentage of our time is spent in prayer and teaching. Songs, just few one, two, three songs are sung in the service, and we're out of this place. So it depends on what the custom of the church is. And when you are in a church, go by the custom. The Bible says things must be done decently and in order. It's not for God, it's for us human beings to be able to have an orderliness so that everybody is blessed, everybody is edified, and things are done properly. Question number five. Jobo Baba, do people really see angels or Jesus with these physical eyes and hear voices of the supernatural as some prophets and preachers claim in their sermons that Jesus or angels in white robes appeared to them after days of prayer and fasting and told them this or that and gave them certain messages? No, nobody sees in spiritual things with physical. eyes. It has to be spiritual. It has to be spiritual. Question number six, still a mystery since you told us when people die, they don't go anywhere. So Global Baba, I'm wondering, do they live among us in the form of the spirit? Do the, that's near the homes where their bodies were buried, near their relatives, or just um, anywhere on earth, can the spirit of those murdered by fellow men torment those who did it? No, you didn't listen well. If you had listened well, you won't ask that question. We said when, you, when believers in Christ die, they don't go anywhere because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So even before you die, you are still with the Lord. You are in Christ. When you die, you are still in Christ. So you don't go anywhere. It doesn't mean you remain here. It just means you remain in that invisible reality in Christ Jesus. All okay. believers are kept in outer darkness waiting for judgment. 
Number seven, thankful. Does God glow about our prayer? Who doesn't? Can we receive answers to our prayers by default, like unbelievers? What about those of us who have prayed for issues and waited for years and decades to see answers manifest and are almost giving up, like over future spouses, finances, families, and other breakthroughs? Thank you. Wangi from Yeri County in Kenya. Well, thank you for reaching out. But must remember, it has to do with answers to prayer. There are no unanswered prayers in Christ. So if there are things you're struggling with that are yet to be answered, it's either you don't have the right knowledge or you're acting on a wrong information or something. There are no unanswered prayers in Christ. That is just what you must have at the back of your mind. And if there are things you have not yet received answers to, it means you don't have adequate knowledge in those areas. So you require further teaching. Unbelievers and unbelievers, unbelievers, and believers don't have equal access to God. A believer is in Christ. When he prays, he prays in Christ. But the believer in Christ has a right for answers to prayer because he's praying right where the answers are. That's the difference. Move over about prayers over some requests and then we head on. Let's pray together. Father, we pray for people in need, our brethren in need, those who are struggling, those who are going through trying times for a divine intervention and a miracle in the name of Jesus. Amen. Sick bodies be healed Amen. and we decree that you receive healing right now in your bodies in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's the size of this edition of Ask the Counselor, indeed, of this phase. Of 30 Days of Glory 2022. My name is Michael Bush. My producer is Pastor IJ Query, complete with the production team. The big man, our spiritual father, Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina is here to take us to the second service. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. Let's celebrate Mr. Bush again for serving us the grace of God. Hallelujah. We want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God, bring answers and clarity, and continually to, you know, supply you all that you need to walk in the realities that are yours in Christ Jesus. You don't want to miss the second service. You don't want to miss it for anything under the sun. And you don't want to miss Monday to Friday next week, which will continue with the 30 days of glory every evening, 6 p.m. GMT plus one. But we'll be live this morning again at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. We love you and we thank you again for allowing us to serve you the grace of God to reconnect with you at 11 a.m. this morning. Enjoy the grace of Christ and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Glory. This is Kingdom Life.